Hey, my name is Lauren Frieder, and my husband Drew and I are lead pastors at Lift Church. We are on the eastern shore of Maryland. We want to thank you so much for joining us today, and we are believing that you will get a lift of encouragement. What's up, Lift Church? How y'all doing? Come on, can we give Jesus some praise in this place? Amen, amen. Y'all can have y'all seats. It's so good to be here. Uh, just bring greetings on behalf of my amazing wife, Irene, of 22 amazing years. Amen. She's so lucky to have somebody as handsome as I am. Y'all, it's amazing. <laughs> but uh, no, but I, we're just so honored to be a part of what God is doing here at Lift Church. And I just remember years and years ago, I was pastoring uh, there in the Baltimore area, and I got a call from this guy named Drew, and, you know, he looked a little Cajun, you know what I'm saying? And black people in Cajun are kind of the same. We both like gravy, you know what I mean? And, <laughs> and so Drew came down, and and uh, we were in a staff meeting, and we got to do life together and get to know one another. And, and what I love about, I love to see a vision come to pass because before you were here, Drew kept telling me about this church that he had in I, that he had inside of his heart. And I remember that even when he called me and sent me the logo and said, I think I'm going to call it Lift Church. And, and it was just, it's just amazing to see what God has done over the years. If God has blessed your life or blessed your marriage or blessed your family through Lift Church, can you just give God some praise right now? Amen. Amen. And then Irene and I got to meet Lauren and the amazing family that they have. And we've just been doing life uh, with them. And, and I'm just honored to be here. Uh, you know, I'm just a big brother. He calls me an overseer. I'm just a big brother. You know, uh, just make sure nobody mess with him. Come on, somebody. And and make sure that he sees the, the vision that God has seen for them. And we've been a big part of, you know, making sure their marriage is good and making sure their family is good. And, and I get to sit on this board with these other two amazing men of God. And at the end of the year, we talk about all that God is doing uh, here at Lift Church. And, and I, I just thought it would be good to honor your pastor. Let me just tell you something about honor. Your, your pastors is, is honor is just not for what we're doing for them, but it's also doing something in us, it keeps us in a place of humility. And what I love about honor spiritually, like it's not about like, you know, you meet somebody famous and you honor them or no, it's about coming into alignment with God's choice. And when, I love the fact that God chose Drew and Lauren for this church. And when we honor them, what we're saying is, God, I agree with your choice. And because I agree with your choice, what's on their life, what's on this church is on your house. Come on, somebody, and on your life. So can we give it up for Drew and Lauren? Come on, let's honor them. Amen. We love you. We appreciate you. We thank God for you. Such an amazing couple. Amen. It's so funny, Drew hates that. He always goes in the posture of prayer. It's so amazing. Like, he's really not praying. He's really saying, God, I wish they'd get the attention off me. <laughs> but also, I got my amazing 18-year-old son, Jaden, with me. Y'all just say, what's up to Jaden? He drove me here. We broke a few speed limits. Amen. It's through laws. But I'm excited to be able to preach God's word. So y'all ready for God's word? Typically when I preach at a church for the first time, I like to come in and bring the power and, uh, and preach the house down. And, you know, I got a B3 organ in my, in my, in my backpack. Come on, somebody. Uh, but God spoke very specifically. I called Drew yesterday and said, I think I got a word. I want to change what I'm going to preach. And, and I hope it encourages you. So thank God for this amazing worship team. Wasn't worship awesome? Amen. Amen. It says here in Matthew 11, we're going to be in Matthew 11 and Jeremiah 6, 16. Matthew 11 says this. Then Jesus said, come to me. Nothing like getting an invitation from Jesus. Come to me. Jesus says, come on, hang out with me. Jesus says, come on and spend some time with me. He's saying, I, I want you to RSVP, but I, I want to tell you why I'm sending you this invitation. He says, come to me, and here's the demarcation line. Here's, he, he, here's what gets you invited to the party. He says, come to me all who are weary. He doesn't say, come to me all who have it all together. He doesn't say, come to me everybody who has the perfect life and the perfect marriage and the perfect finances. In fact, I've come to understand that God doesn't call the qualified. He actually qualifies those who are called. I love the fact that God doesn't call me because of me. But he sends me an invitation in spite of me. 
I mean, maybe you've dotted all your I's and crossed all your T's in your life, but that has not been my story. I thank God that God uses me when I don't think right. I thank God that God uses me when my marriage is in a little bit of strife. I thank God that God uses me sometimes, come on somebody, when sometimes I find myself having more month than I got money. It's called broke. Come on somebody. And maybe that's not your story. But today, I believe that there's some people in the room that is going to accept the invitation to Jesus, not because they got it all together, but some people that recognize that when I am weak, he is strong. He says, come to me, all who are weary, all who are a little jacked up, and carry heavy burdens. I don't know about you, but not only through COVID, but on the other side of COVID, I've had some emotional burdens. Some of us have been cooped up in a house. Some of us have lost our jobs. Some of us have, have had strife with our families. Some of us have had to become teachers. Come on, somebody. For our children and, and homeschool. Some of us have had to become our own counselors. Come on. Some of us have become chefs and you can't cook a lick. He says, come to me. All who are tired and Carry heavy burdens, and I love this, and I will give you rest. Ain't nothing like a good night of sleep. Come on, somebody. And I will give you rest. He, he, he doesn't just stop there. He says this, take my yoke upon you. He said, tie yourself to me. He said, link up with me. He says, commit to me. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle of heart. I love that. And then watch this. And then you will find rest for your souls. See, many of us are looking for relief from our situations. And God says, I don't want to just give you relief from your situation. I want to give you rest for your soul. I want to calm your fears. I want your anxieties to cease. I want to move you from pain to purpose. I want to transition you from doubt to destiny. I want to use your past and make it count for something greater than just getting through it. God says, I've got some rest for your soul. And then he says this, for my yoke is easy. In other words, being tied to me is easy and my burden is light. I love that. How many of you, if there was an exchange right now, if this was a, come on, somebody, a purpose pawn shop, you'd say, man, I, sign me up for trading in heavy and hard for easy and light. Is there anybody that wants that exchange? You know, uh, life has gotten a little bit heavy. You know, marriage is heavy. Finances are heavy. I want to trade in heavy and hard for easy and light. There's another amazing scripture in Jeremiah 6.16 that has become my go-to when life is heavy and hard. And Jeremiah the prophet, he's talking to Israel. And Israel is about to be taken out by their enemy, the Babylonians. Israel is about to lose their possession of the land by the Babylonians. Israel is about to fight the greatest war that they have ever fought before by the greatest enemy that they've ever seen before, the Babylonians. And Jeremiah, the great prophet, who is declaring God's word, comes to the Israelites and gives them the remedy of war. I want that. I want the remedy of a hard situation. I want the remedy of, come on, somebody. How many of y'all are married in the room? Come on. Let me see your hand. When your wife is acting up and when your husband you can't stand them. I want the remedy. Some of y'all are like, yeah, give it to me right now. I want the remedy when life gets hard. I want the remedy when my past starts plaguing my present. I want the remedy when I lose my job. I want the remedy when, and, and Jeremiah the prophet says, here's what God's word says. Here's the remedy. Here's how you're going to fix it. Here's how you're going to get through it. Here's how you're going to whoop the enemy. Here's how the enemy goes from out of your head to under your feet. He says, stop. 
at the crossroads and look around. He says, ask for the old godly way and walk in them. And you will find rest for your souls. Travel that path and you will find rest for your souls. Wait a minute, prophet Jeremiah. Wait a minute, sir. You told me that you were going to give me the remedy of war. You told me that you were going to give me the remedy of when life gets hard. You promised me that God was going to give me a word when, when, when the pandemic hits and when the pandemic is over. You promised that, and now you're telling me to re what? rest? Rest is the remedy? For my soul? I'm tired. I'm frustrated. I'm broken. I come to church, and everybody says how I'm doing, and I say blessed on the outside, but really on the inside, I'm stressed. I'm frustrated. My faith is at a low. I need to refuel. I'm, I'm singing the words of worship, but I'm not feeling them, and you're telling me that the remedy is to stop at the crossroads, to look around, to ask for the godly way and travel in the path, and you will find rest for your soul. Yeah. This is exactly where I was. For so many years in ministry, striving, trying to get to what God has for our church and, and our people and, and for my family. God, I got to get there. I got to do what you called me to do. Stop. I got to be what you've called me to be. Stop. I got to go where you've called me to go. Stop. God, you don't understand the frustration that's in my house. Stop. Look around. Ask me something. When I tell you travel that path, walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. Watch this. Not rest for your situation. Rest for your soul. God's not looking to resolve. To, God's not looking to bring you relief for your situation. He's looking to bring you resolve for your soul. Two complete different things. Come on, somebody. Come on. I've come to find out that soul care, like if I want soul care, God, if I'm weary, I need soul care. If I'm tired, I need sleep care. It's two different things. Have you ever slept all night and woke up tired? Some of y'all like this morning, that's why I came to second service. <laughs> I believe God wants to give you rest for your soul. Years ago, when I was a teenager, you know, I, 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 you know we lived in a neighborhood where, where we were the poor people on the block. We wasn't just poor. We couldn't even afford the other O and R. We were poor. <laughs> and so my neighbors, all my friends, they had these bicycles called, I guess the brand was called Mongoose. And mongoose back then, like now you can get mongoose anywhere. Back then, you had to go to a specialty store to order a mongoose. It was like $400. Mongoose. All my friends had a mongoose. Christmas was coming. Guess what I asked my dad for? A mongoose. Give me, I, I, want, I want some of that mongoose. I didn't know what it was. I want them pegs on the back. I want them uh, brakes on the handles. Come on, somebody. I want to do a wheelie, even though I was 300 pounds. I'll take me a mongoose. So I put it on my list, a mongoose. Christmas Eve, uh, man, I was so excited thinking about a mongoose. I heard my dad putting together that bike. I was in my room, and, and y'all know, I'm, I'm just saying, like, my dad wasn't very good, you know, putting stuff together, but I know he was doing all he could and had sacrificed all he had to get me that mongoose. I woke up that Christmas morning about 12.01 a.m., I ran out to the tree, and I saw this bicycle, and I was so happy. But the closer I got to it, I was dissatisfied. It was a fake mongoose. Let's call it a fongoose. Come on, somebody. And I was, I, I was like, man, I asked for a mongoose. I wanted a mongoose. And I could see my dad, like, looking for my happiness. 
Y'all know what I'm talking about. If y'all got kids, like, did, 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 I, did I do it? And I didn't want to entry. I didn't want to. I didn't want to disappoint my dad. So I was trying to fake it. Like, thanks. But man, I had compared what I want. I, I, I wanted what I wanted based off of what I seen, not necessarily what I needed. So I had a good idea. Um, my friend who got a Mongoose, they had some extra stickers in the box that theirs came with. And I said, can I have some of those stickers? And I took my Kmart special, come on, somebody, my knockoff Mongoose, and I put Mongoose stickers on it so it looked like a Mongoose. Come on, somebody. Nobody knew but my friend. I was like, if you tell anybody this thing is fake, we're going to fight. So I put those stickers on the mongoose, and I, I wrote it. You know what else I did? I took an old clothes pin, and I got a baseball card, and I put the clothes pin on the spokes. Come on, somebody. So when I went fast, brrr, it sounded like a motorcycle, not just a mongoose. <laughs> but as I look back on that story, I wonder, if I never saw what my friends had, would I have been satisfied with what my daddy sacrificed to give me? If I didn't compare what I had to what everybody else had, would I have not been disappointed that my father messed up when he went and sacrificed and gave me everything that he had so that I could get a gift from him? I guess my question is, as I preach this message called soul satisfaction, could it be that our soul is not satisfied because we're not happy and content with the portion that our Father in heaven has sacrificed to give us because we've been scrolling through Instagram and scrolling through Facebook and we've seen what everybody else's house looks like and what everybody else's marriage looks like and what everybody else has and the kind of job that everybody else has and the kind of car that everybody else has. Can I tell you that social media is a highlight reel? That's not really what's happening. But for some reason, because we don't live up to what we think Come on, somebody is acceptable because what we've seen, we start comparing. We start saying, man, 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 their marriage must be amazing because of a picture on a post. And no one wants to agree. Everybody's looking ahead like, yeah, man, that's terrible how they do that. <laughs> Someone, you raise your hand. I got this friend. Excuse me, Pastor. I got this friend. Could it be? That God wants to bless you? Could it be that God has sent the Holy Spirit door dash your way? But he can't find your address because you're too busy trying to live someone else's life and they can't find where you are at. Could it be that we spent so much time trying to be something that we're not? That we don't realize that. Our Heavenly Father gave us this gift of peace over 2,000 years ago. Oh, you don't deal with comparisons. I do. Can I just keep it 100? Can I be real? Yeah, I do. Back in October, I was at a crossroads in my life. And the Holy Spirit... He, 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 he talks to me very abruptly, y'all. Like, my Holy Spirit is, is very stern. You know what I mean? He's a seven on the Enneagram, wing eight. Come on, I mean, my Holy Spirit, he, he, he just talks to me like, homie, stop tripping. My Holy Spirit is urban. Come on. <laughs> he said to me, what would you do? And who would you be? And what decisions would you make if you didn't know what anybody else was doing? How satisfied would you be with your life? Man, if you, know, if you never knew that there was an upgrade for your iPhone, would you be comfortable with last year's version? But the 12 does things that you haven't even used all the functions on the six. 
could it be that God does have more for us, but he's waiting for us to work what he's already given us? Ooh, he came, he didn't have to say that. Soul satisfaction. You need rest for your soul. I just let you know something. You are not a body with a soul. You are actually a soul with a body. Your heart, your will, your emotions makes up your soul. Wow. And many of us are doing things to fix our bodies. We're doing things to feed our flesh. But we're not feeding our souls through the Holy Spirit. You see, this idea of soul started in Genesis. It says in Genesis 2, 7, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. <laughs> Here you are. And the Bible says that man became a living worker. Man became a living paycheck. Man became a living strider or striver. No, no. Man became a living soul. God breathed into you, and you became a soul. That word soul in the Hebrew is a word nefesh. That word nefesh means breath. It means life. God breathed life. You know what you need in your marriage? <laughs> a breath of life. You know what you need in your finances? <laughs> a breath of life. You know what you need? Come on, somebody, in your single life? <laughs> a breath of life. Teenagers, you know what you need? <laughs> a breath of life. Can you imagine your first man's first day on earth? God breathed life. Boom, there he is. Let's go do something. Let's get a new job. Let's get a new car. Come on, somebody. All the single ladies like, let's get a man. Put a ring on it. Let's slide into somebody's DM. Come on. I, I got life. Let's go do something. But when God created man, the first thing that man did, he didn't go do something. He decided he first wanted to be something. So what did he do on his first day? He hung out for a day with his creator. What? After man was created, the first thing they did is they hung out together. The very first day after man was created, he rested. He didn't go out and dominate. He didn't go out, come on somebody, and try to get, look at Dr. Phil to fix his relationship or Jerry Springer, no matter how crazy it is. The very first day, the very first thing that man did, the very first thing that humanity needs to do is to stop his hammer time. Stop. Man, he got his identity in rest. Some of us are looking for an identity because you've been called out of your name by a spouse you're not married to anymore. You're looking for an identity through working. You're looking for an identity through how many followers you have on Instagram rather than how many followers you're leading to Christ. And can I tell you, if I found my identity or if I got my identity or received my, my identity when I was created. Identity, I, I, I begin to understand that identity is discovered and maintained through intimacy. Wow. The first day, hmm, man realized, if I'm going to know who I am, I have to spend time with the one who created me. Sunday morning can't be the only time we spend time with the one who creates us. Even if we're serving on the dream team outside of a pandemic or, be, or on the board or pastoring the church, I just want to warn you that you have to be careful to not allow a doing work for God to be a substitute of spending time with God. It's not about what we're doing. It's who we're being and it's who we're becoming. I repent, man. I did this for years. I used to, the only time I would open up my Bible was to get a sermon for somebody else. God says, I, I don't want you to read the word. I want the word to read you. It's not about your Bible plan. 
And so many people, you know, they brag, you know, I, I read the Bible in a year. It takes me a year to read a chapter. I got ADHD, y'all. I'm telling you right now, I can read a, I'll read two sentences, Jesus swept, and I'll just do a Jericho march right there. That's all I got. That's all I got attention for. But what if every day I, were, I read two words and soaked it into my spirit? What if I read no weapon formed against me is going to prosper? What if I read I'm the head and not the tail? I'm above and not beneath. I'm first and not last. Come on, somebody. You did not come off some assembly line. I came to tell you that Jeremiah 29, 11, God says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. I don't know. Can't no man, can't no woman determine my future when God has already predestined who he's called me to be. I told myself not to preach hard. I said, don't scare the white people. I said that right in my notes. <laughs> Let me tell y'all something. You are not a mistake. God did not mess up when he made you. He did not break you. You did not come off some assembly line. Before your parents gave you a name, God had already given you a purpose and a destiny. And God says you were wrought in secret and you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I know you think you're just sitting next to somebody that goes to church, but I came to tell you, you are sitting next to an ambassador of the king right now. You are sitting next to a kingdom representative. Somebody needs to look at the person next to you and says, you ought to be lucky you're sitting next to me because when I walked in, the anointing and the presence of God showed up. I am a kingdom agent. Come on, somebody. You got to know who you are in Christ. I feel like preaching. Why so downcast, oh my soul? You see, I believe, young people, all of you are under the age of 30. You got to go back and get a hymnal sometime. I know there's all these cute worship songs, but there are some songs that my grandmama used to sing called Great is Thy Faithfulness. There are some songs that talked about the amazing grace. There are some songs that talked about the blood of Jesus. What can make me white as snow? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. We need to learn how to please the blood of Jesus over our soul. One peace like a river attendeth my way. When sorrows like seas, billows roll. Whatever my lot that has taught me to say, it is well. Through a pandemic, it is well. Through a hard marriage, it is well. Through a, through a, through a financial downpour, it is well. Through the racial climate, it is well. Through the political climate, it is well with my so, I feel like preaching it as well. It is well. It is well. I know I see uh, fractions and, and I know I see turmoil and I know I see dysfunction, but there's something on the inside of me that says it is well with my. So how do we, how do we rest? Glad you asked. I got points too. I know you didn't think so, but I do. Number one, Prophet Jeremiah said, stop. Stop at the crossroads. Stop. Stop at the crossroads. Don't yield. Don't slow down. Stop. Remember I told you my Holy Spirit is urban? Stop tripping, Jimmy. Stop overthinking. Stop catastrophizing. Y'all know those people, everything, it never works out for me. You just going to be just like your daddy. Come on, somebody. Stop saying this always going to be bad. We going downhill. Come on, stop thinking you're going to die. Stop tripping. Where y'all at? Come on, yo, how many y'all need to stop? There's some things you need to stop. I got to stop overthinking this thing. I got to stop losing sleep over this. Come on, somebody. The promises of God are yes and amen. But I got to stop thinking it's my responsibility to fix me. I didn't make me. It's his. 
Somebody need to shout, God's got me. God's taking care of me. God, his banner over me is love. Somebody, somebody, y'all need to talk to your mind. Stop overthinking. Can I prophesy right now? You're going to sleep better than you've ever slept right now. I pray that anxiety has to go, that depression has to flee. Come on, somebody, that worry has to stop. 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 S-T-O. P, still yourself before the Lord. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. I'm God over frustration. I'm God over diabetes. I'm God over cancer. I'm God over fear. I'm God over doubt. I'm God over disease. I'm God over emotional issues. I'm God over anxiety. I said I'm God over diagnosis. I dare you, when the doctor gives you a diagnosis, tell your soul, stop. Still. Number two, take notice. Take notice. Come on, somebody. The prophet Ty Tribbett said if he did it before, He's going to do it again. You forgot God's resume in your life. You forgot that he had your back when you was five. You forgot that he was faithful when you was three. You forgot, come on somebody, that somebody else died in the accident that you walked away with without a scratch. You forgot that he resurrected you. Stop. Come on somebody, steal yourself and take inventory of what God has done in your life. Let me say it this way. Does anybody have a testimony? Come on, somebody. Let me say it old school black church that if it had not been for the Lord God who was on your side, you don't know where you would be. Has, any, has he saved anybody's marriage? Has he kept you during the pandemic? Has he been faithful to his word? Take inventory and say, God, if you did it before, you're going to do it. See, I got this thing. I've been saying one more time, God. Do it again, Holy Spirit. Do what you did before. Here's the crazy thing, that if you don't realize that, that you got a God resume in your life, God always outdoes himself. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. The Bible says that he'll take you from glory to glory. It also says that the glory of the latter house cannot be compared to the glory of the former house. Let me help you what that means. That means... On God's best day, what he did yesterday, he's got more in store for you today, and then he'll even outdo that tomorrow. Uh-huh. Y'all, this ain't just preacher language. This is what I've learned and what I've felt. He said, be still, take notice. He says, oh, observe his goodness. Observe. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit right here. Go ahead and look at your hands real quick. Everybody look at your hands. Come on, look at them. Some of y'all ashy. You need some lotion right now. Look like you've been juggling powdered donuts. Come on. <laughs> look at your hands. And I want you to repeat after me. Say self. self. Say it to everybody. That wasn't everybody. Say self. self. Get, your Get your hands out of God's plans. Of God's Stop, meddling Stop meddling with the miracle that God is working on. Say, get your hands out of God's plans. Some of us just need to sit back and watch God work. Some of us just need to pray and watch God do his thing. Get your hands, observe God's goodness, and then P, proceed in his presence. He says, stop, number two. He says, stop at the crossroads. The second thing he says, if you want to have rest for your souls, look around. Look around. Stop at the crossroads and look around. Do that inventory. And me and Irene, we, we moved in a new house two years ago. And you know, I, I love shopping. And, and I, it's an issue. Y'all pray for us. And I got this picture that I wanted to hang. And so I wanted to hang this picture. Now, I don't have tools. But in like being a man, you should have tools. I got the best tool ever, a butter knife. Come on, where are my butter knife screwdriver guys at? 
I'm telling you, a butter knife can put peanut butter on bread. It can, come on, it, it can pry open a jar. Come on, somebody. It can whoop your kids. <laughs> I found a butter, I was looking for the butter knife, but first I had to go out and get wall anchors. They had these little things that you can put that makes it easy to hang the picture so it don't fall down. So I went to go get wall anchors. I came back. I was looking for the butter knife. I realized I had already bought wall anchors. Any of y'all ever go out to buy something that you forgot you already had? Come on. So I got a whole drawer full of wall anchors because that happened about five times. It's kind of like peace. We go out looking for stuff. It's going to bring us peace. Not realizing this has already been paid for over 2,000 years ago. It is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. Some of you are looking for peace. Can I just give you good news? It was in the midst of worship. And when the presence of God showed up when we were singing it as well, you had no idea that when you put your hands up, they weren't hands of surrender. They were cell towers that connected to a higher source called the Holy Spirit that delivered peace your way. And it's in the midst of worship where you feel, man, I can get through this. I can find this. What you don't realize is you don't have to leave it in a drawer at home. This peace that God gives, you can take it to the mall. You can take it to work. Come on, somebody. God speaks to me on the toilet. You can take it to the bathroom. You can say, it is well with my soul. You can say, man has abandoned me. Man has lied on me, disappointed me, betrayed me. But guess what? There was one who was there all along. When you observe, my daughter Maya, years ago, I was traveling preaching. And my wife took her to the uh, uh, playground. And she was uh, on those things, the monkey bars. And she was going across. And in the middle on getting across, she fell. And when she fell, she put her hands down to brace herself. And, and we didn't know it at the time, but she broke her wrist. And she was probably six or seven years old. And she was screaming to her lungs. And my wife did not know what to do. She, she in a panic, I got like 10 texts, call me. Uh, come on, y'all, y'all know my wife. Hey, uh, pick up your phone. Hey, uh, if you don't pick up your phone, you're, we're divorced. I'm talking about my wife, she just went from 100, zero to 100. And I picked up the phone. I said, what's wrong? She said, Maya fell, and, and she won't stop crying. And then I got on the phone. I just need you to talk to her. And, and Drew, when I got on the phone with Maya, I said, Maya, Daddy's here. And I said, can I pray for you? And she was screaming. And I, I was praying for her. And, and guess what? The more I prayed, the more she heard my voice, her voice began to calm down. And then as she got calm, she began to hear my words over her worry. I said, Lord God, I pray that you heal Maya. In Jesus' name, amen. That's about as long as I can go, y'all. I told y'all I got ADHD. And I said, Maya? She said, yes, Daddy. I said, you stopped crying. She said, yeah, Daddy. And I says, is it all better? She said, no, Daddy, it still hurts. And I said, well, why are you... Why are you calm? She goes, because I'm talking to you. Some of you need to realize that just because it still hurts don't mean that God ain't still on the phone with you. Can I encourage you that God says he'll never leave you nor forsake you? And I just want, if this word is convicting your heart, if this word is bringing you some level of comfort, can you stand with me in this moment? That I want you to know that God is still with you. He says, stop. Look around. He then says, ask for the old godly way. You know what I believe, people of God? You know what I believe, Lift Church? The greatest tragedy or travesty is not the prayers that go unanswered, but rather the prayers that are going unasked. 
What do you need from God right now? I dare you right now to put up those spiritual antennas. Come on, come on, let's put them up right now and say, God, I want your Holy Spirit to visit my pain, to visit my darkness, to visit my fear, to visit my doubt. And Father, I pray right now, some of you right now, you're weeping. I can literally see it. Even in the dark, I can feel that your soul is weeping. But I pray right now, the Bible says that weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I want you to look at me for a second because I don't think we know how to count. When, when, that, when I read that scripture over and over and over, the Holy Spirit spoke something into my heart. What, is, what he spoke is, is this. At 12 o'clock at midnight, come on somebody, it's dark. At 12.01, it is actually a new day, which tells me that just because it's still dark outside does not believe mean that it's not a new day. Midnight only lasts 60 seconds. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Why you can laugh is you got peace. Why you can laugh is your father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Why you can laugh is greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He says, ask. My son Jaden, I told you he's with me. And he's 18. And you know what he's doing right now a lot? Asking. Dad, can I stay out 30 more minutes? Dad, can I have $20? Dad, can I go to Beach Week? Y'all pray for me. Dad, can I, can I, can I, can I, can I, can I? And I'm like, this dude is just seeking what I can do for him. But he don't want to spend time with me. Got in the car on the way here, we were driving. And he just put out his fist like this thing. He wanted a fist bump from dad. You know what he said, Dad? I love our time together. <laughs> and I realized if he just spend time with me, he don't have to ask for nothing. Because I'm gonna give him everything that he ever wanted. Could it be that our Father has everything that we've ever wanted? He's just wanting us to hang out with Him so that He can breathe life into our situations. You got to ask. The last thing you got to do is walk, stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old godly ways and walk in them, not running them, not rushing them. You know when I read the scriptures, when I read the gospels, you know what I never see? I never see Jesus in a hurry. Never. Like, literally, there's a few times somebody had died. He's like, I'll get there. Come on, somebody. He's like, wait three days. You were talking about Mary and Martha. Come on, somebody. Like, Lazarus is gone. Jesus, you need to come now. He's like, hold up. I'll get there. You know what I believe walking did? It allowed him to notice dudes like Bartimaeus who couldn't see him, but he could see him. <laughs> Imagine if you slow down. Who does God want you to bump into? You see, when I was in school, I told you I had ADHD, I had a learning disability, I had dyslexia. Y'all have no idea I'm a living, breathing testimony because I can barely read unless I'm reading God's word. Mm -hmm. I ain't all that. I promise you. When I was in school, though, they had these papers, and it was, I, I used, I like the college rules facing, but you know what, in, in every piece of paper, there's this area called margin, and I used to scribble in the margin, come on somebody, I used to make characters in the margin, nothing was on the paper, because I was distracted in the margin. You know what I've come to find out as an adult? that God speaks and writes in our margins. How much margin do you need to give God to work in your situation? How much quiet time have you just sat down and said, God, speak to me? He says, walk. There's a scripture. I was in counseling in October just trying to figure out some things in my life, and 
uh, Psalms 43, 5. And the King James Version would say, why so downcast, oh, my soul, put your trust in Jesus. But this version says, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for yet I will praise him, my Savior and my God. And I was so ticked off at my counselor because he told me to slow down, stop. And I was like, you don't understand what all the other preachers are doing. He said, slow down and stop. I said, you don't understand what all the other churches are doing. He said, slow down and stop. Stop scrolling. Stop looking at everybody else's highlight reel. That's not real life. And then he told me, walking, can you put that scripture back up, is, is sometimes reading God's word slowly. And so the first word he had me to do was say, why? Why? Imagine, like, check out the scripture slow. Why? Why am I here? Why am I feeling the way I'm feeling? Why are we in arguments all the time? Why do I always feel depressed? You see, when you go slow and begin to ask God questions, he'll answer them. I, for me, I, why am I tripping? And then the next word he had me read was my soul. My soul. What's at stake is not my finances or not my reputation, but my soul. This decision has nothing to do with anything but my soul. I can't drink my soul healthy. You can't smoke your soul healthy. You can't date. No one can date your soul. My soul. Why? My soul. The next word he had me to read was so. I was mad. He said, say so. I was like, so? He said, so, so. He said, say it slow. So. Why am I so worried? Why do I have so much anxiety? Watch this. Why do I let one person live in my head rent-free so long? Why am I so unforgiving? Why am I so late to church? Any of y'all ever had that long so? I've been so many times. I, my wife will says, what are you thinking? I'll be like, nothing. Because I'm, I'm so. And then the, the next word was downcast. But when I said it, it was like a question. Downcast? He said, say it again. I said, downcast? It was like downcast with a question mark, which means downcast really with all that God has done in your life downcast downcast when he kept you downcast when he promoted you downcast when he blessed you what downcast when he started I know the pandemic drew and Lauren has hurt you know growth and momentum, but I think you need to remember the first day of church. I think you need to remember the church before there was a church. Look what God has done. Downcast? Downcast? See what happens is when God packs this place out and there's no more room, you're going to think it's a problem. Uh-huh. Not realizing it's actually an opportunity. And everyone in here is going to be like, we're full. Why do we need a building? Because there are people like you who aren't here yet. Downcast? They're asking for more money? Downcast? They're doing a building campaign? Downcast? Don't forget where you came from. Don't forget the sweet spot of God's presence, how he blessed you. And then the last thing he had me to read slow is put your hope in God. Can y'all say, say that with me? Say, put my hope in God. Say, put my hope in God. Now let me tell y'all something, how, 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 how I had to do this. I had to get two buckets, Drew. Last year, the Lord shifted my assignment. And I used to pastor, be the senior pastor of I-5 City, and now I'm an apostolic pastor, an overseer of Union Church. We, we, we merged with another church, and I'm no longer responsible for the everyday happenings of church. And it's a big blessing, but it didn't feel like a big blessing when God asked me to lay it down. It felt like a huge sacrifice. 
And so I had to have two buckets. I had to have an ego bucket and a let go bucket. And what I realized is every feeling that I had was in the ego bucket. Every worry I had, every frustration, every, what are people going to think? I'm not going to be in charge. What are they, are they going to think we failed? Everything was in the ego bucket. But it was purposeful time with God, Drew, that I began to unload the ego bucket into the let go bucket. I think that's what Abraham did when God asked him to sacrifice his one and only son. That there was a ram in the bush, which means that when he sacrificed Isaac, God said before he killed him, stop! There's a ram in the bush. There's a replacement. I just wanted to test you. And what I felt God was saying to Abraham and what he said to me, he says, is you can hold on to a son or let go of a nation. It is well. If some of you need God to satisfy your soul, I just want you to stand. I want to pray this prayer over you. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray, God, that this message hit home in such a way that souls would go home satisfied. Father, I pray that anxiety be quieted, that fear be obliterated. God, that catastrophe and worry have to flee. Father, we come against anyone in the room who even may know someone who is suicidal. We pray that by the blood of Jesus, suicide has to go. Sing this with me. Say, it is well with my soul. <laughs> it is well with my soul. my soul come on somebody it is well it is well with my soul can we sing that again it is well it is well come on singers it is well come on come on come on come on with my soul come on church let's sing it come on it is well come on come on with my soul come on holy spirit speak to us come on 